Just glad you guys are here. I'm excited to kick off our new series. Um, just a little bit of interesting backstory. Um, so Vineyard USA, if you're not familiar, we are one church of several hundred around the U.S. that are part of the Vineyard Church movement, and then a couple thousand actually outside of the U.S., um, and our national director and his team put together this series and asked all Vineyard churches to kind of jump in. So there are, uh, I don't know that everybody signed up, but there are a large number of Vineyard churches around the country that are actually doing this series together. And this series uh, for us will start today and end at the end of the month. Um, if you're not familiar, May 28th is actually in the church calendar, Pentecost Sunday. And so that this series will carry us till then. Um, and so I just thought, man, how cool is it? How often do we get to be that synced up, you know, with all the other churches, uh, vineyard churches around the area um, that are doing that? So today, to start the series, because the general premise of the series is that we are empowered. You know that as a vineyard church, we believe in the ministry and gifts and power of the Holy Spirit, but in a naturally supernatural way. So we don't have to become weird to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, he's free to come and do what he wants, but we don't need to uh, hype things up or create uh, some sort of emotional frenzy uh, because if the Holy Spirit really is real, uh, he can move without us sort of adding all of those things to us, uh, to it. All that he asks of us and all that we need is to invite him and to say yes to what he's leading us towards and how he's empowering us. And today, particularly, we're going to start this week looking at uh, the aspect of the Holy Spirit as revealer. In other words, the Holy Spirit um, reveals Jesus, reveals the Father. And we're going to look at a few different things that are sort of wrapped up in that. But I thought we would start by just sort of giving a baseline and so here in a moment, I want to show just a short, less than one minute clip um, from our Alpha class that uh, this is sort of a man on the street or woman on the street interview where they were going around just asking folks, who is the Holy Spirit? And uh, so we're going to hear some of their answers. And I thought that was a great place to start because I want us to have a solid foundation as we go into this series of who is the Holy Spirit. So let's take just a second, if you guys are ready, and go ahead and roll that clip. Who is the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, uh, it's... Uh... God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. They're all like a trinity. Angels? I don't know. It's, it's God. I think the Holy Spirit is different for everyone. Wouldn't that be your conscience? Uh, I have no, I don't really have a, a lot of, I don't know, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is, I mean, I don't know. Third person of the Trinity? Um, the Holy Spirit? I've never even really put much thought into that. Yeah. So I imagine, even for us in the church here, if we were to go around today and have you fill in an answer, we, even in this room, would probably get a lot of different answers, Right. So I want to just make a few sort of opening statements to give us a baseline. Uh, one is that there is a lot of confusion today. 
in the world about the person of the Holy Spirit. Like, all over the spectrum, just as we saw in that clip, and, and if you run into people, if you were to ask that question, you're probably going to get a variety of answers. Well, we, as part of the Vineyard Movement, believe in the person, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going we're gonna to do just a little bit uh, of Hebrew. I was talking to Dale before, she's like, we can't, we can't skip this because it's fun, especially for those of you who have maybe a little uh, German roots, as my wife also does. Uh, the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit is ruach. And you have to get this, that little bit in the back of the throat, ruach. It means breath or wind. The Greek word uh, pneuma also means breath. And so if we think about that, it, we understand naturally that breath is natural and vital for life, Right? And the Bible would show us that the Holy Spirit in that same way and to the same extent is vital for our spiritual life. We we need the power, the person, and the presence of the Holy Spirit in order to live a spiritual life, a life following after Jesus. So uh, one other sort of baseline thing that I want to do is answer the question, so then how do we describe the Holy Spirit? And I thought one helpful way was to look at this short quote. This is from Diane Lehman's book. Many of you are familiar, Hello, Holy Spirit. We've done studies on that here before. But I pulled out this quote that I want us to look at, and these will be up on the screen for you. This is a direct excerpt from the book answering the question, Who is the Holy Spirit? He is not a ghost, an impersonal force, or an elusive power out there. He is neither doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He is a person to be known and loved. He is God himself. He is one of three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each of us, and he makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful. I love that last line. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does, and if if you're interested, I grabbed a couple extra copies. See me afterwards. If you've not seen this book, not read it, not familiar with it, I'll be in the back. I'd love to get you a copy. But in thinking about this, the Holy Spirit, the, the subtitle on the book says what part of what he offers is that it says God's gift of live-in help. In other words, someone who's always present, always ready and willing, who sees things you might not see, who understands things you might not yet understand, he's there. He's available to be uh, ever-present with you, helping with everything that you might need. All right, so let's jump into the meat for today. We're going to look at three different things that help us understand and see ways that the Holy Spirit is a revealer. And the first of those is that the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us by the new life that he births in us. The Holy Spirit reveals himself to us by the new life that he births in us. Well, what do we mean by that? Well, to explore that, let's look at John chapter 3. 
I'll have these up on the screen for you as well. And we're going to read um, just four or five verses here, and then we'll, we'll talk and think about this idea. John 3, starting in verse 5, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Verse 7, don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Now, he's saying don't be surprised because it doesn't really make sense, right? Like if you don't have an understanding of, of what the Scripture is already talking about and Jesus standing there and saying you must be born, well, like how, how can that happen? I've, I'm already alive. How can I be born again? But he's talking about spiritual birth. Verse 8 says, the wind blows wherever it wants, and just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. In other words, he's making it crystal clear that this is not the same thing as a physical birth because it's not something that you can see, it's not tactile, and yet it's very real. And this is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us that when we meet the person of Jesus, when we encounter his reality, he reveals himself to us by actually putting his spirit inside of us. And we begin to have an experience of knowing him, of, of feeling him, of hearing him, and, and recognizing the reality of his presence. And that's actually one of the ways he reveals himself to us. I, I like to sometimes say one aspect of this is that when you've met the Holy Spirit and he's come to live inside of you, there are sometimes you just, well, I just know in my knower, right? Like... It's hard to describe because, again, this is not like a, a tactile thing that I can, uh, you know, I couldn't sort of assemble some elements and do a science experiment before you to demonstrate this. But there is a reality for those of us who know Jesus that one way that he reveals himself and one way that we know we are his is because of the witness of his spirit to ours. As he lives inside of us, he reveals himself because of that new life that he has birthed in us. And that plays itself out in a lot of different ways, and we're not going to uh, sort of follow that trail because I, I, there's a lot to cover in this first message. The second thing that I want to talk about is that the Holy Spirit reveals and uncovers both Jesus and the Father. So we mentioned there in the opening thing about the Holy Spirit is one person, and it's important to understand he, he is a person and not just, like I said, a, a mystical, unknowable force. So the reason I believe that he is described as, as having personhood is because then that opens the door to say, he can be known. He can know us, but he can be known. And so this relationship that we have is more than just knowing about, because you know, anybody can can read some stuff or hear from a friend, oh, yeah, I know about that, but do you know him as a person? Do you have a relationship? But when we think about the idea of the Trinity, there's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all God, and that, again, that's its own mystery. I, I don't know that I can explain to you in perfect clarity the age-old mystery of three and one. Well, how does that work? 
It's a little bit of a mystery. But the Holy Spirit is equally God, as is the Father, as is Jesus. But the Holy Spirit living in us actually reveals to us himself, but also Jesus and the Father. Jesus would tell us, as we read in scriptures in, in messages past, that he is the only way to the Father. And then when he leaves the earth, he said, it's better that I leave because the one that comes after me, which was referring to the promise of the Holy Spirit coming, will actually enable you to go directly to the Father. What, what transpired between the stories that we covered over the Easter season and things that were completed at the cross and then subsequently, as the season we're getting ready to celebrate, Pentecost, if you're not familiar, represents a celebration of when the Holy Spirit was actually sent, as Jesus had promised, to come and indwell the believers at that time. And that, that continues today. It's not a, a one-time event that happened and is now just simply historical. But the Holy Spirit came to empower us, to give us the ability to do things that we couldn't do on our own, and just as we talked about Jesus being that perfect example of, well, how, how, can we, how can we live this life? Like in a world that's broken and messed up and all of the emotions and strife and things, like how, how can we do what we think we're supposed to do? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to live a life that follows the pattern of Jesus and does the will of the Father. So we come to life spiritually by the birthing of the Holy Spirit. There's three different ways that we want to think about this. So first of all, let me just mention uh, the Holy Spirit lives any, inside anyone who gives their life to Jesus. So I just, I just like, I want to make some of these really clear statements because there's a variety of teachings and thoughts and things out there. Every person who gives their life to Jesus invites him, be my Lord, I accept your invitation, has the Holy Spirit living in them, right? The Holy Spirit reveals and uncovers Jesus and the Father, as we mentioned. We come to life spiritually by that power of the Holy Spirit. And in that process, we are enabled to actually walk out the things that Jesus might be calling us to. The Holy Spirit empowers us also so that he may reveal himself to others through us. See, this is where it starts to come alive and become important that this is not just about uh, goosebumps and having a more convenient life and having an experience where you feel the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit actually empowers us for the purpose of revealing himself to others through us. It's one of the pieces that we talked about. As we try to continue the mission and ministry of Jesus as believers, the Holy Spirit wants to use us to reveal what we have begun to see to others around us. One of the simplest ways that this can happen because, you know, again, we can start to, like, put up walls and, and push back. You know, well, now you're starting to talk about stuff. You know, that, that, that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not. It's just sharing your story. There is power in your story. And it's, it's you know, what Jesus has done for you. 
That's a, that's a testimony. That's an acknowledgement. And it's actually a way that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus can be revealed to other people through you. And, and I know I, I get tired of hearing myself say it, so maybe you feel the same way. But like he wants to do that in a way that works with your personality. So, so I'm going to keep hammering this. I'm going to keep pushing this because I think that's where the Lord uh, is directing us, that we need to become empowered people that are sharing the love and the power and the presence of Jesus with all of those around us. But I also want to keep adding to that. That doesn't mean that we all need to look the same. If, if your idea of doing that is, you know, passing out printed gospel tracts and you're really turned off by that, that's not what I'm describing. I'm saying there's all different kinds of ways that this can be practically played out. But it's one of the things, and, and here's the key. It's one of the things Jesus wants to do. It's one of the ways that he leads us and he reveals himself. But here's the, the, the secret. The enemy doesn't want you to know and that most people who aren't actively doing it may not realize. There's actually more joy and more excitement unlocked in that process that Jesus is wanting to lead you towards. Yes, he wants to reach the others around you, but he also wants to unlock more things in your life as you step out and do that. And we talked to this idea at some point, you know, about being a conduit. You know, if you're a conduit, a conduit is just just a hollow piece of pipe. It doesn't do anything on its own, you know. But if you, you know jam some wires down there and, and hook everything, you know, then electricity can flow. Well, the conduit is just the container to direct it where to go, right? That's how we are with the Holy Spirit. It's His work. It's His power. But He wants us to be the conduit. Now, granted, God can reach people sovereignly. And what I mean by that is uh, there are stories... I think of one, uh, without sharing the names, of a young man uh, whose grandma had been praying for him for years and years and years, had never darkened the door of the church, had no interest in the things of Jesus, and he uh, had made some probably regrettable choices in his life and was struggling with the consequences of those things and is driving his car one day and totally unprompted, uh, I, I don't know how else to describe it, but just suddenly experiences an outpouring of the love of Jesus and actually uh, is like physically impacted. Like he can actually feel as if someone is like pouring something over him and, and, and in the story, like hears the audible voice of God. Like everything about it from his perspective and from his retelling of the story I knew this was God. Like, it, it, it didn't make any sense. But he knew that it was God. But nobody shared a story with him. Nobody talked to him. Yes, Grandma was praying. But the Lord came and sovereignly met him in that moment in a way that the Lord knew would impact him and that he would recognize as God. So, so I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It does. And we love it. Because sometimes that's what's needed. That, that encounter with the power and presence of Jesus uh, was sort of what got his attention. And, and he went on to become a, a, a believer and to make some changes in his life and, and to see a lot of success. But I would propose to you the primary way that people are going to encounter Jesus 
is through the people around them who already know him. Through sharing our story. Through, but let me also add this, you know, because we were talking about encounter. It's also that. This is one of the reasons we pray for people. I mean, yes, we want people who are not well to be well. That's absolutely true. But it's also because sometimes the encounter with the reality of the kingdom, in other words, if, you know, somebody who knows nothing uh, and has a, a natural understanding, you know, this problem that I have, you know, maybe medicine can solve it, but I feel pretty much stuck with it. And then along comes one of us and says, actually, that thing can be changed. Actually, the kingdom of God can encounter that thing and it can change. And through a process of conversation and sharing, we pray and the kingdom comes and that thing changes. That's that encounter that then someone is suddenly confronted with, there's a reality more than what I realized. It's that glimpse. And, and so it's up to us to carry that forward. Now, this is what we mean when we say doing what the Father is doing, seeing what the Father is seeing. He wants to do those things, but he wants to use us to accomplish them. He's sometimes going to go and sovereignly just meet people and do stuff, but he primarily wants to do it through us because he knows not only is that going to meet that person where they're at and help them experience the reality of the kingdom and the power and presence of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, but he also knows that that's going to shape and mold us in the process. That's going to actually help us look more like Jesus, and we're going to get to experience the joy. Put yourself in that shoes, or maybe your story is something like that. Maybe your life was miserable before Jesus. And think about that change. Think about how the light bulb went off or the encounter that you had when you met Jesus and you realized, uh, whether you grew up with it or not, hey, this stuff that these believers are talking about, it's actually real. It actually makes a difference. It actually changed something. I've told you my story before, but think of your story. What's different after than it was before? And think about the, the feelings that that gave you and realize that's what we're trying to carry to people. And you will actually get to experience a fresh taste of that when you're a part of helping someone else meet that reality. All right. The last thing that I want to uh, talk about um, this morning is that the Holy Spirit also brings us clarity in our confusion, revealing Jesus' will for our lives. So we talked about how He reveals the Father how he reveals Jesus, he empowers us, he reveals himself to us, but he also brings us clarity in our confusion. And this is a little more us-centric, but we often wonder, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? What is my purpose? I have these tough choices and both options seem viable. You know, What am I supposed to do? This is another benefit, if you will, or work that the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to actually bring clarity. And whatever area of life you're confused or you're searching or you're seeking or you're just not sure, Jesus wants to reveal to you what the Father's will for you is in that area. And we know, if we jump back to uh, Scripture in Jeremiah 29, 
I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Not to harm you, not to kick you off track or trick you. No, to give you a prosperous life, to bless you, to help you look like Jesus. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but like he wants to reveal that to us. So what I'm saying is, whatever the will of the Father is, it's going to be good. Now, I mean, I, say, I throw this caveat in all the time. It might not always be easy, because if we're going to look more like Jesus, sometimes that transformation process, we might have to do hard things. But if we ask and invite the Holy Spirit to bring clarity to our confusion, to help us understand what is the Father's will for us, He wants to do that. And if we trust that the Father is a good Father, that His intentions and will for us are for good things, then we can actually trust when Holy Spirit reveals that to us that we can move towards it. I want to talk about one more sort of thing off to the side, but this goes back to our roots, and I thought it was just a cool sort of addition as we, as we enter this series. And like I said, again, alongside Vineyard Churches all across the country, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need. He speaks it at the time that we need to hear it. And you know, the last couple of years... Uh, for me, have been a little difficult. I know you probably were exempt from a lot of the things that took place in the world, but I wasn't. And so uh, I found this really helpful. We often find ourselves, I know I did in recent years, you know, worrying about the future of our families, worrying about the future of our church, uh, and even uh, the vineyard as a movement. Like there's, there's just been so much changing, shifting tides in our culture. There's been a lot of confusion, you know. It's not probably too far gone from our memory yet, you know, figuring out when all of COVID started happening. How, how do we do church? Like we always, the church was, we get together in a room on Sunday morning. Suddenly we couldn't do that. Confusion. What do we do? How, how do we move forward? And the Holy Spirit helped us walk through that we didn't always do it perfectly like it maybe wasn't as neat and orderly as we would like at times because we were learning things we were figuring things out but the holy spirit reminds us that he is there to bring peace and to bring clarity to our confusion one of the other things that goes back to our roots as a vineyard church and our roots as a vineyard movement is to be reminded that he, meaning Jesus, the Lord, the triune God, is the keeper of the vineyard. That's true for us locally here. We talk all the time about giving Jesus his church back. You know, he uses us, he assigns us tasks and leadership roles, but the whole thing was his idea. He's the creator. He was the one that thought that this should exist. And so he is the keeper of the vineyard. And I want to read this scripture to you from Isaiah 27. A pleasant vineyard, sing of it. I, am the, Lord, I the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it. Lest anyone punish it, I keep it night and day. We should take comfort in those words. When we have moments of confusion or uncertainty or fear, 
let us be reminded the Lord is our keeper. He is the one who started it. He is the one who waters it. And this applies to all the things we're talking about with sharing our stories and sharing Jesus too. Our responsibility is to say yes, be the conduit, plant the seeds, go where he goes, say say what he says. But as you notice here, the Lord is the one who does the watering. The Lord is the one who takes responsibility for the results. Because I'll tell you this, if you don't know, Jesus wants to reach those folks way more than you do. I, I mean, and I can point that finger at me. You know, I'm not, I'm not excluding myself. His heart burns for those who don't know him because he understands the goodness of the Father even better than we do. His heart burns and yearns and longs for everyone across the face of the earth to understand his kindness and his goodness and to enter into the reality of his kingdom because he knows that it's the best place for us. Even when it's hard, it's like there's nothing else like it. It might be the hardest thing you do, but it's also the most joy-filled thing. And you notice it's, it's joy, not just... Now, granted... There are moments of happiness. There are moments of sadness. Like the whole spectrum of emotions can be wrapped up in there. But joy is at the root. Joy that can't be shaken. So no matter what emotion you might be experiencing at the moment, there is a a grounding. There is a connectedness of place to this idea of joy that, that it is unshakable. That what Jesus is inviting us into and what he's offering to us is something that can't actually be touched by circumstances, by all the negative things that we might experience. And so it's our job to let go, to release fear, to release our need to control things so that Holy Spirit can come in. And reveal himself right in the midst of our confusion. How often do we not expect that? How often do we say, I'm confused. You need to get this situation out of the way. You need, you need to... Right in the midst of it. You don't have to get yourself straightened up and cleaned up and, and navigate your way through the mess. I tell you this all the time. Invite Jesus right into the middle of it. He's, he's going to put on his muck boots gladly and jump right in the middle of it with you. But in the midst of it, he's not getting in there and going to get lost like you. He's going to show you the way out. He's going to reveal the clarity of the will of the Father to get you where you're going. He cares about our deepest needs, our desires, our confusion. And, and I can't think of a way to state it that to really convey the depth but he wants to reveal himself to us in a number of ways, even more than what we've talked about this morning. That's his desire because he knows the better we know him, the better we can know ourselves, the better we can understand the kingdom, and the better we can actually be empowered to walk out this life with Jesus. I want to pray this prayer together as we close. I'm going to have this up on the screen. 
And I'd invite you, if you would, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come up and just be ready. And I'm, I want to do this all together. Why don't you go ahead and stand? And we typically take time in our services. You know, we're going to worship through music, which is simply singing songs to Jesus. You're welcome to stay standing. We'll turn some of the lights off. You can sit down. Uh, you, you can express yourself however you want to in these moments. But I wanted to start by us singing, uh, saying this prayer together and just inviting the Holy Spirit. So would you say this uh, with me? Holy Spirit, come. Reveal yourself to us more fully. Birth new life in us. Empower us so that Jesus may be revealed to others. Bring clarity to our confusion and chaos.